Welcome to The Internet Says It's True, a show where we learn something new every week, part of the WCBE podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 51. Thanks for being here and listening. This week's show is an absolutely impossible story. It's my favorite type, the type that sounds like there's no way it could be true. By the way, if you can think of something that fits into that category, something that sounds like it couldn't be true, but it is, please write into the show to suggest it as a topic. You can do that right on the homepage of the internet says it's true.com. I would love to hear some show topics from you. Also, I wanted to take this opportunity to thank those of you on Patreon. If you enjoy this show, that's a great way to support me and this podcast. You can join at patreon.com slash Michael Kent, and it starts at a dollar a month. It goes up to however much you'd like to pledge. I greatly appreciate every dollar and every member. If you join at $10 a month, you become a producer and you get your name read at the end of each episode. Now that we've gotten that stuff out of the way, let's get on with this week's episode, which comes from Nick. Hey, Michael, this is Nick. I have one for you. Check out what happened at the West End Baptist Church in 1950. I don't want to spoil it, so I'll let you take it from there. Thanks. I love the show. Thanks, Nick. Uh, I did a quick Google search of this, and my first thought was, this is bull. Uh, There's no way this is true. But then I kept digging, and it's absolutely true. There are a ton of newspaper articles and magazine articles and firsthand accounts from the day. It's just, it's true. Uh, And it's about a church explosion in Nebraska in 1950. But to start this story, Let's go back way before that. During the Civil War, the government of the United States enacted the Homestead Act of 1862. Basically, it said that if you'd never taken up arms against the nation, you could go farm on 160 acres of undeveloped government land, and if you worked the land for five years, it was yours. So thousands of hopeful Americans, including freed black men, flocked west to begin a life in the plains. One of the first claims was that of Daniel Freeman, whose home in Beatrice, Nebraska, acts now as the Homestead National Monument of America. It's a historic site. One of these homesteaders was a man named Frederick Paul, a German immigrant. Frederick settled in Beatrice, Nebraska with his wife, and they had three children. One of those children had a little girl who, just two generations from the historic homesteading of Nebraska, is involved in our story. Now, I know that that's sort of a roundabout way to get us from 1862 to 1950, but I think it's important to realize what a small community Beatrice, Nebraska is. In 1950, it was around 11,000 people, and today it's still, it's only around 12,000 people. So it's a small community, and those folks in 1950 were only a few generations from the founding of Nebraska those homesteaders that founded that area. Frederick Paul's granddaughter, Marilyn Ruth Paul, was 18 years old. Uh, She was the pianist at a local church, the West End Baptist Church. It was March 1st of 1950, and she decided to take a quick nap after dinner and before choir practice that night. She slept a little bit long, and her mother had to wake her up only 10 minutes before choir practice was about to start. She was definitely going to be late to practice. And that wouldn't have been such a big deal, except this was a pet peeve of the choir director, which just happened to be her mother, Martha. Martha was a stickler about punctuality. She stressed that choir practice began promptly at 7.25 p.m. In fact, she demanded it from her small, 
15-member choir. Choir practice didn't begin at 7.30 p.m. It began at 7.25 p.m., and you'd better be there. That Wednesday evening was a cool one. The pastor of the church left in the late afternoon, but before he left, Pastor William Kemple turned on the heat to the building. But somewhere in the church's heating system, there was a gas leak, and for the next three hours, the church filled with gas. At 7.27 p.m., the explosion could be heard throughout the entire town of Beatrice, Nebraska. It shattered the windows of nearby buildings. The town radio station lost its signal. The church was flattened. The roof fell in and the walls collapsed into a pile of rubble, an absolute tragedy. Martha Paul and her daughter Marilyn were spared. They hadn't yet made it to the church because Marilyn napped too long. But this is where the story gets interesting. Despite choir practice having started two minutes before the explosion, nobody died. Nobody was in the church. I'll explain a little bit more after a quick break. I know that a lot of you are still working from home and having to do constant Zoom meetings. By having a professional setup for your meetings, it shows that you care about your job, that you're willing to go an extra step to exhibit that professionalism. Online meetings are a lot more than just turning on a laptop camera and using your earbuds. Virtual Presenter Course is an easy-to-follow online course that teaches you how to make your online presentation stand out. From learning proper lighting in your home, to how to get the best sound, to making virtual backgrounds that look real, they cover everything in a way that is just easy to follow. And they've agreed to allow me to give you 20% off your order. Just go to virtualpresentercourse.com slash 30 and the discount will be automatically applied. The link is in the show notes. You're going to love this course. Whenever I can, I try to only do business with companies I believe in. It's an added bonus if they have progressive, forward-thinking values like Scotty Vest. I've been following Scotty Vest for quite a while. I love their clothing and they're all about transparency and honesty with their customers. I really like the brand and their values and the way Scott, the owner, is open and honest with his customers. From lightweight shirts to hoodies to jackets, their clothes are packed with pockets, even smart RFID blocking pockets, and they're designed with commuting in mind. Give them a look at scottyvest.com, and just by listening to this show, you get 15% off your order. Enter promo code TELLME, all one word, T-E-L-L-M-E. That's scottyvest.com, promo code TELLME, or just click the link in the show notes. Let's get back to our story. When the Titanic sank, a giant suite of three adjoining rooms, a sitting room, large closets, a private balcony, they'd all been designed and intended for the American financial legend J.P. Morgan. But he was enjoying himself at a French resort and decided to stay longer. So when disaster struck, he was not on board. Mark Wahlberg was booked to fly on American Airlines Flight 11 from Boston to L.A. on September 11, 2001. He changed his plans at the last minute that airplane tragically was flown into the World Trade Center. That same morning, Michael Jackson overslept and missed his meeting at the top of the Twin Towers. When there are tragedies like these, it seems like we always hear about the people, or at least the celebrities, who narrowly escaped fate and avoided the tragedy. But the fact remains that there were countless others who weren't so lucky. I mean, sure, J.P. Morgan survived the Titanic, but more than 1,500 other people died. 
Marky Mark and Michael Jackson survived 9-11, but 3,000 other people died. In this story, the story of the West End Baptist Church, 100% of the people strangely avoided what would have been an absolutely horrific fate. All 15 choir members survived because they were all miraculously late to practice for 15 different reasons. The pastor left around 4.30 p.m. that day, but his daughter Marilyn was in the choir. She was late because she spilled food on her dress and was quickly ironing another one. Herbert Kipp randomly decided to stop on the way to church to mail a letter. Harvey All was going to bring his two sons to practice since his wife was out of town. He got caught up talking and lost track of time. LaDonna Vandergrift got stuck on her geometry homework. Joyce Black was cold and had gotten comfortable in her warm bed, so she was late getting up. The Estes sisters couldn't get their car to start. Lucille Jones got caught up listening to a radio program and also caused her friend Dorothy to be late, who she was supposed to pick up. Every member of the choir had a different reason for being late. So when the church exploded at 7.27 p.m. that night, no one was there. Joyce Black, she was the one that was comfortable in her warm bed. She lived across the street from the church. She actually opened her door to leave when the explosion happened. She said she couldn't put it off any longer, and when she opened the door, she saw the church disintegrate in front of her. All of these stories were documented in countless newspapers and magazines soon after it happened, including Life magazine just 26 days later. The church was eventually rebuilt and frequently uses the story as proof of God's miracles. If you know me at all, you know that I am an intense skeptic. I did not believe this story was true, but I found so many newspaper articles from the time that tell the story. There are eyewitness accounts from all of these people who were late describing why they were late. Then there's the part of me that looks at this and it raises all kinds of questions about whether it was really an accident. You know, when people bring up conspiracy theories about the government, I usually think there's no way that many people could have kept their mouths shut. And maybe that's the same with this story. Let's be cynics and say this was some sort of elaborate insurance fraud plot. Could 15 people, most of them teenagers, really have kept the secret for the rest of their lives? They all would have had to have been in on it. And then there was national news coverage, national newspapers and magazines looking into this. So then there's the next theory. If you're religious, maybe this story is something that strengthens your belief in miracles. After all, I have used the word miraculous to describe what happened here. Then there's the chance that this was just a wonderfully crazy coincidence. 15 people from 15 different places had 15 different reasons for missing catastrophe. We'll never know how this happened, but the internet says it did. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend, and today I'm calling Jethro Nolan and Matt Hartman from Pittsburgh. They're the hosts of the Drunkard's Walk podcast, and I'm so excited to have them on the show. Welcome to the show. It was a pleasure being on your show. That episode comes out tomorrow of the Drunkard's Walk podcast, uh, and uh, I had a great time. I can't wait to hear, hear the episode. Tell people a little bit about your podcast and the concept. Absolutely. We, we'd love to. Uh, thanks so much for having us on. Matt and I are delighted to be here, and we had a great time having you on Drunkard's Walk. So Drunkard's Walk was basically a concept that we came up 
with that uh, required the least amount of effort possible. Uh, so that's the way to do it. We, it, it really is. Uh, so basically, we we go from one Wikipedia page to another uh, uh, that is randomly determined by our our guest, and uh, we have to navigate between the two, clicking only on the Wikipedia links. That's a, it's such a cool concept, and yeah, it it's a lot of fun. And where did it start when you very first started the first episode of the podcast? Uh, we started using uh, the term, I think it was Drunkard's Walk, but it's actually, I think on Wikipedia, it's called Random Walk. Okay. Uh, and that's the the mathematical concept of to, uh, if you if you go random, if you, if you started on two different paths and you go left or right uh, randomly, you're going to eventually wind up back. Uh, they're going to meet each other, or you're going to wind up back at the beginning. Jethro, I always get this wrong, so you can you <laughs> so can fill in two, for two for drunkards real. leaving the two drunkards leaving the same point of origin would uh, and and taking a random turn at every intersection would eventually run into each other, or alternately, you can say that every path will eventually lead back to the origin. That's two ways of saying the same thing. Okay, there Very you go. So I conflated the two, um, but yeah, that's where we started, and uh, we ended our first season back at that same place, and then started our second season with what our very first topic suggestion was, which I believe was stiletto and then went full circle to that. And so that's each season. We're kind of taking the next thing off of that first season list and then circling back around. I don't know where we'll end uh, eventually when we end the podcast, I, I have no idea uh, pretty amazing. What, what we'll do, but yeah, but yeah so, that's, that's what's kept us going. We, we couldn't figure it. out how yeah. to end it. So we're just going to keep making it. <laughs> that's one way to do it. Yeah. I came on and uh, for, for my episode that comes out tomorrow, I, I, my topic that I suggested was a Werner Herzog film that no one has seen, that not, not very many people have seen. And so if you want to find out all about that, uh, just go ahead and subscribe to the Drunkard's Walk podcast, and you'll get to hear that fun going on uh, tomorrow. So for this first question, we are going to play for a Facebook profile picture change. So if you get this first question wrong... You have to change your profile picture to a fictional character of your choice for an entire day. Oh. If you get it right, I have to do the same. So it's totally your choice. just has to be a fictional character. It can be a drawn character or a live-action character. Totally up to you. And the way that we'll do this, since there are two of you, is you guys can decide together and come up with the answer that you think is the right one. Now, these are multiple choice. So here's your first question. In 1950, a church in Beatrice, Nebraska, exploded during scheduled choir practice time. No one was injured in the explosion. Which one of these is the real reason why? A, they were in the basement. B, they were all late to practice. Or C, they summoned a protective prayer bubble. Hmm... Well, as inclined as I am to believe in the power of prayer, uh, I, 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 I'm inclined to believe that summoning a protective prayer bubble would require advance notice of the explosion. Mm-hmm. That's a good the point. The thing about most explosions outside of movies with ticking time bombs is they tend to be rather spontaneous and unannounced. True, true. So I, yeah. I, would, I would be inclined to eliminate that possibility. You're going to eliminate that possibility? Uh, yeah. I, and I think... Think I'm going to have to eliminate uh, the 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 basement scenario just simply because I can't I can't imagine a situation where a bomb would go off and and being lower would be better. Um, <laughs> right. But but I mean maybe 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 that's true. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Like if you were in a tornado or something, the basement would be a good place to be because yeah. they're you're surrounded by earth rather than 
uh, the naked walls and such. Maybe yeah, I mean a ba- yeah. uh, maybe a basement has protective power because in school they taught us to get under our desks, mm, which apparently mm-hmm. that one layer of thin metal and wood was enough to protect us. It would famously right. protect you from the A bomb. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to eliminate the basement possibility, but only because of my love of uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and uh, we all know that that typically buildings don't have basements. Don't have. There's uh, no basement all, in the Alamo. It's right. true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. The 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 church I went to when I was growing up didn't have a basement. Uh, now that I think about it, so so perhaps that's a that's a good reason to eliminate that as well. So that leaves us with um, everybody were, was late. They were late. Yeah, which I, I don't remember. I think at B maybe. B is correct. Everyone was late. You both got it right, which means I will be changing my Facebook profile picture to a fictional character of my choice. I don't know who I'm going to choose. Maybe I'll choose Pee Wee Herman for a day. Who knows? There you Uh, go. Maybe maybe a good choice. Yeah, that's right. 15 different choir members were all late to to practice that day for 15 different reasons. A very, very strange thing happened on that day. It was March 1st, uh, 1950. So huh. And so they weren't they weren't like all coming on the same bus or something no, like that. That's what I yeah. assumed. Was, so it was, was a small on. town. I mean, the town's only eleven thousand people, and these were folks that just. I mean, they, many of them were going to walk. Some of them were going to drive. These mm. people that were going to drive, their car broke down. Uh, one person slept in. One person had a stain on her dress, and she had to change clothes. One person decided to go mail a letter. You know, there were f- different excuses for everyone. It just so mm. happened it all made them late. And the thing that makes this the most interesting, I think is the choir director was a real stickler for time, for punctuality. Mm. And the choir director was one of the people that was late because her daughter slept in and she had to wake her daughter up and then they made it late. So yeah, everyone was was late. And then two minutes after practice was supposed to start, this giant bomb goes off. Uh, of course, it's not a bomb, sorry. Two minutes after, uh, <laughs> let's start that part. Or over. is it? The conspiracy <laughs> yeah. starts now. Two minutes after, uh, two minutes after uh, practice was supposed to start, the church blows up from a gas leak, a gas leak from the, oh, the heating oh, system. Okay. So, yeah. I, I thought it was a bomb. I, yeah. I just assumed I, for, for whatever reason, when you said explosion, that was the first place my head went. So I'm no, glad. Yeah, it was, it was just a, it was a gas leak. It um, was, a, it was great. unfortunately the, the pastor had turned on the heat earlier that day. It was a cold day and mm. there was a gas leak problem with the gas system and boom. Wow. So no one, was I, I will say, I will say though, as somebody who's worked in the arts for the better part of my life, uh, having a rehearsal where everyone shows up late is not entirely surprising to me. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, it's hard, not not hard to to un- understand. Yeah. But in this situation, it apparently was a big deal. Yeah. There you so go. So for uh, for question number two, we're playing for doing the dishes. So if you get it wrong, you have to go do the dishes in the sink if there are any. Okay. If you get it right, I have to do the dishes in my sink as soon as we finish. Oh. Thank goodness. Yes. Thank goodness we're hopefully going to get that done on either side. And I would appreciate that you, if you wait until after we finish, just so you're here for the rest okay. of the quiz. Oh, well, I was going to say, it's going it's to be right. an awkward podcast if you have a, a five-minute dishwashing break. 20 minutes of silence. Which one of these was invented and first produced in Beatrice, Nebraska? So here are three choices. One of them was invented and produced in Beatrice, Nebraska. A, the voting booth. B, the electric light bulb. Or C, the top hat. Mm. Wow. That's a good, that's a good question. Mm. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm inclined to say it's not going to be the electric light bulb simply because I, I feel like that was Edison and I feel like he was in New Jersey, but. Did, did Edison invent it though? Or is that one of those misattributions where Edison oh. es- essentially perfected it? Yeah. Uh, and tried a bunch of things, but like the, the elements were there previously. I don't know uh, the answer. That's it's possible. It's possible. Okay. C- certainly possible. But I have to eliminate 
option somehow. So this is that's how, this that's is how I was going to eliminate that option. That's fair. That's fair. What what do, what do you think? Um, and the other two are the voting booth mm-hmm. and, and the, the top, top hat. hat. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of when top hats became uh, a, a fashionable accessory. And the thing that jumps to mind, of course, is Abraham Lincoln and, and also like Victorian England, that sort of mm-hmm. uh, era of mm-hmm. refinement and whatnot. And if it was big in England, yeah, like maybe, maybe there was some connection to uh, America or North America from like the, the beaver pelt trade, because I know they used to make uh, beaver hats and things of that nature. But it feels like that would have been earlier than Nebraska was yeah. a settled territory. Yeah. Whereas voting booths, the idea that you vote privately, I feel mm-hmm. like is probably more likely a uh, a uh, a more recent phenomenon because back in the old uh, Tammany Hall sort of political corruption days, which of course are long long past since we, we don't all, we uh, don't experience political corruption today. anymore. I can't I can't even think of a single uh, mind uh, a single example coming to mind of a politician who's abused their power. Um, but I would say that <laughs> the idea of private voting is is relatively uh, new as a phenomenon, and the voting booth probably is our best chance because the other stuff probably was invented earlier than Nebraska was a settled territory. So Jethro says the voting booth. How about you, Matt? Uh, You know, simply because I I just want to go against him. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the electric light bulb that I initially eliminated simply because I want to see maybe he's right about this whole, like it was just as the perfected it. So I'll go, I'll go light bulb. The correct answer is the voting booth. So Jethro got this yes. one right. Man, uh, now, I, think that, I think that means Matt has to come do my dishes. I think that's what happens, yeah. So apparently no Edison no did not actually invent the light bulb. Uh, people uh-huh. had been making wires uh, incandesce since 1761. Uh, but what we're talking about here, William and Elizabeth Douglas created the Douglas voting booth and manufactured them in Beatrice. They moved operations to the nearby town of Crete, Nebraska, and get this, they made them until 2015. Wow. Huh. So just wow. six years ago. Wow. So it's not so it wasn't so much the idea of a private voting area. It was a specific type of voting yes. booth. Yes. And it was the very it was the very iconic voting booth. Uh so the one when you think about the, the voting booth. Well, you know, when you imagine the curtain that closes with the stripes on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're so so if there was like an exhibit about voting in America. And in fact, mm. I was at the, the Gettysburg Museum and they had a, a traveling exhibit about voting and they had one of these original voting booths there, you know, with the curtain that you close. That that was the Douglas voting booth, which was invented in, in Beatrice, Nebraska, small there town where our story took place. That's, uh, that, I, I, I don't know how wild I am about voting becoming a thing of the museum past. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would very much like voting to remain a, a, an active thing that we're all doing. Remember when voting mattered? Uh, oh, man. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you'll have to, one of you's got to do the dishes and the other one doesn't, I guess. Okay, and, right. yeah, that sounds good. And I don't think I have to do the dishes at all since yep. you went 50-50 on that. Yeah, there you go. So question three. For this question, we are playing for a coveted the internet says it's true sticker, Ooh. which you can see right here. This is a uh, very nice. This is a wow. fancy sticker, and it's meant that these they make these in order to stick them on things. That's what they do. Ah. It's a single. It's I, a single I, I, use I sticker. I always wondered how they got those names. Yes, yeah, yeah. You have to. It's a it's a peel and stick. For this mm. question, uh, here it is. Which one of these is not a Baptist hymn? So uh, I I found a, a list of Baptist hymns, and some of the names were 
were weird. Uh, but I, and I'm not a Baptist, so I I really didn't know any of these. But one of these I made up. So here are the three. Okay. A. I need thee every hour. B. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. C. I'm a lion for Jesus. Hear me roar. Wow. Those those all sound incredibly plausible. So bravo <laughs> to you on your, on your fake Baptist hymn. Yes. Uh, I, I uh, agree. Wow. I, I, that, is a, that is a tough choice right there. I, I know, Jethro, we've, we've spoken about how you were once a clown for Christ. Uh, well, I'm so glad you brought that up. Now, did that, uh, that did that, did that involve something I want any to get of out this, there. Uh, uh, this, these so, hymns? Do you remember any of these hymns? Uh, I don't remember those hymns specifically. Okay. I, I Also, my clowning for Christ was, in fact, to, to Michael's uh, profession, uh, th- I, I did a bit of magic, mm-hmm. uh, but would always weave like parables in with yeah. it. Like, sure. you know, the rope trick where you have the three different size ropes yes. and you make them all equal. Like, well, this this is how God sees us as all equal. It was <sighs> ridiculously <sighs> hokey. Uh, um, and fortunately, I, I I lost my love of magic and the Lord uh, in that same year. So, that same uh, year. I, I'm, my question I, yeah, when, I, when I hear you talk about this was what was your clown name? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I honestly don't remember. Um, it's it's very shameful that I've I've really blotted out. Shameful uh, I, I've the essentially clown. <laughs> I, I, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, that portion mm. of my life oh, out of my brain okay. as much as possible. Um, I'm I'm sure I had some like uh Josiah or some you know quasi biblical <laughs> sure. uh, name out there. Uh gosh, all right. So what are the three okay, uh, so hymn they options were, again? They I were, need thee every hour. I need thee every hour, nothing but the blood of Jesus, or I'm a lion for Jesus, hear me roar. Um uh, I mean they're all very good. Uh, and there is, there's nothing about any one of them that is hokier than anything that actually exists in a Baptist hymnal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a lion for Jesus. Hear me roar seems to stick out a little bit, uh, just because it's funnier than the other two. Yeah. I, I was going to go with that one as well. So I, I, I concur. I think that that is the, uh, that is the false or, hymn. Or, or, or let, it, let us not forget that Mr. Kent is a clever fellow who is, is. a magician by trade. Indeed. And, one of, and, and not, to, not to tell uh, tales out of school and, and let your audience in on some of the behind-the-scenes magic uh, tricks, but misdirection mm. is a huge part of magic. And mm-hmm. maybe he has carefully selected that to throw us off the scent and something like, I need thee every hour. Uh, maybe he put a V in there to make it seem more legit. Mm. And he's hiding behind the sensationalism of the blood of Christ and the lion sure. uh, and having the more tepid one be the, the one that he came up with. All right. Two so equally it, plausible it's, 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 scenarios yeah. here. Yeah. It's definitely not the blood of Jesus. That was definitely, uh, okay. that's definitely what it's going to be now. But um, I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going, I'm, I'm sticking with C I'm sticking with the lion. Sticking right. with the it, line? I, I will I will say that it's not it will not be the first time that I was both certain and wrong uh, about <laughs> anything. Uh, but I'm I'm going to pull a Matt Hartman here and oh. and go against my partner and and take my own thing and you know well whoever gets it right will win the sticker. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say I need thee every hour is the false hymn. Well, Matt stuck with his guns and is correct uh jethro your first instinct was the right one i'm a lion for jesus hear me roar is just something i made up uh but i need thee every hour uh and nothing but the blood of jesus both real hymns in the Mm -hmm. baptist book 
Uh, I need the every hour though, Jethro. I do understand. Like that could have been, you know, that maybe that was a hip hop song, and I just changed one of the words to the. You know, it totally could have been yeah. I, like. There's know. a there's a great deal of overlap uh, between the world of hip hop and the Baptist hymnal. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. As an expert in neither, I'm right. certain that there's overlap. That's right. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get an internet says it's true sticker out to Matt. Question number four. Yes. For this question, we're playing for an audio Easter egg. Ooh. So if you get this one wrong. You have to say a phrase of my choosing in the next episode of the Drunkard's Walk podcast. Nice. If you get it right, I have to say that same phrase in the next episode of this podcast, which will actually be two episodes from now because we're recording two this week. So the phrase is Tinkerbell is tougher than she looks. That's the phrase. Tinkerbell is tougher than she looks. It's Disney related. Okay. It's, uh, you know, you could maybe work that in somehow. I don't know how. It, it, well, and it's a statement that's true. I endorse it. So and it could I have no be a, problem saying that. It yeah. could be a complete non sequitur. Who knows? Yeah. It's true. One yeah. of these is the state motto of Nebraska. Which one is it? So I'll give you three state mottos here. And one of them is the state motto of Nebraska A, mm-hmm. unity in diversity. <laughs> well, that, that rings false. <laughs> B, <laughs> corn, the yellow meat. Or C, <laughs> or C, equality before the law. Oh man, corn the yellow meat. I wish that were the uh, the motto of of Nebraska, but it's I, it's too funny to have been produced by a uh, a bunch of uh, bureaucrats yeah. at, at a state capital. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. But yeah, um, equality before the law sounds like sober and boring enough. Uh, but Matt, what do you think? It does. I my my only concern with it, I it definitely is the one that I'm leaning toward. My only concern with it is that it is a motto for a different state, and that it might be the uh, the diversity one, um, which hmm, doesn't feel right. But um, I, I mean, the diversity one could be a motto for another state. What what state? What state is has equality before the law? As oh, I don't. Motto. I'm not. I'm not saying that I know which one does. I'm just saying there could be one that does it, oh. it could be pennsylvania for all i know yeah. um because i don't know what uh, you've got well, a friend and, in pennsylvania i think might be our motto but it seemed like official it, no i did randy yeah, yeah, newman we write created by voice, yeah <laughs> randy newman uh founder of pennsylvania yeah um well now granted we perhaps we are laughing off the uh, uh self-identified diversity of nebraska too quickly uh, mm-hmm. even though i may not think of it as a particularly diverse place uh i have never been there and in my mind, it's just a bunch of white people and corn. Yeah. Uh, but even within that, there could be many different types of white people. There could be right. from from uh, blank white all the way to vanilla to cream and, and the many nuanced shades therein. Well, I mean, that's honestly, that's what I was thinking, because if if it is a bunch of old white guys coming up with this, which let's face it, it probably was, uh, they might have thought that there was a lot of, quote unquote, diversity uh, without thinking about yeah, the yeah. fact that there are so many different types of people we've in the got, world. And they thought, well, you Germans know, you, and Irish. Right, and exactly. Yeah. And you live down by the creek and I live over here up on land. And, you know, like I like corn and you like butter on your corn. So, you know, it could be a whole thing. Um, but I'm still going to go ooh, with ooh, the, ooh, yeah, what, yeah. what, what, I, I did, I did think of one, perhaps a relevant thing. Was it, okay. was it the Kansas Nebraska act? Um, that when those two states were added to the nation was a, a big deal just before the civil war. 
um, because they were they were always trying to keep in balance the slave states and the non mm-hmm. and the free states. Right. Yeah. And and uh, Nebraska may have sort of tipped their uh, hat in terms of reinforcing their belief in the lack of slavery by having equality mm. under the law mm. be the state motto. Yeah. No, I like that. So you want to stick with that? Stick with C. I like it. I, I like it too. So here's a little bit more. Uh, this motto was established in 1867. However, it does reflect Nebraska's willingness to extend suffrage to black Americans in the aftermath of the Civil War. So you are correct. Equality before the law. The Homesteader Act of 1862 uh, allowed anyone to go out there. And as long as they worked the land for however long, I think it was like five years, they could have that land, including freed black men. Mm. So equality before the law uh, was the correct answer. Unity and diversity is an official state motto. It's the state motto of Papua New Guinea. Ah, so well, there you so go. Now you know. You Corn, go. the yellow yep. meat, not a state motto, but it could be. Oh, it could. There are several states. Not yet. Could not be. yet. Be. Perhaps. It, yes. it, yep. it, Where's the it corn palace? Well, I think that's Iowa. I think Iowa has the corn palace out there. Mm, um, that sounds about. That sounds right. But Nebraska is like the corn huskers, right? I mean, that's their. This is not Their whole yeah. uh, football team or whatever. That's right. Yeah. So I think uh, my next podcast or two podcasts from now, I'll be saying Tinkerbell is tougher than she looks. There so congratulations go. on winning. I, I might. I might fit it in just for the joy of saying the phrase. <laughs> I like it. It should catch on. <laughs> I like it. So here's your final question, and this one is for all the marbles. Uh, and this one you guys can answer separately. If you get this wrong, I'm banning you from the show, never to be asked on again. Wow. Ooh, the stakes are high. They yeah. sure are. What was the last thing that made you laugh? Oh, well, let's see here. I think I can get this one right. Um, are we saying before we started recording? Because I've laughed a number of times. While <laughs> yeah, we'll say before. Wanna... We'll say before we started. Okay, okay. I didn't want to get uh, get uh, called out on that, but I would say I I was actually just before we were recording here watching an episode of Ted Lasso, uh, and that's um, one of my new favorite shows, and it absolutely made me laugh three times out loud. So uh, I got to give it uh, give mad props to Ted Lasso season two. I don't remember the Christmas episode is the one that I was watching. Uh-huh. So there you go. And Jethro. Nice. Excellent. So I, I will I will second Ted Lasso. It's a fun show. Uh, I highly recommend folks watch it, although I have not yet seen season two. Um, I have been watching. I've been rewatching Downton Abbey. Mm. Uh, Very funny show. Every episode it's, it's just packed full of laughs. It it it. <laughs> It is. I mean, it obviously you, you guys are being a bit glib and sarcastic, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of fantastic zingers in there. Uh, many of them delivered with tremendous aplomb by uh, the brilliant Maggie Smith. Uh, but there's an episode. In fact, this even has a Ted Lasso link because in the later seasons, uh, the uh, the Dowager Countesses, uh, which is Maggie Smith's character, her butler is played by Jeremy Swift who is an actor in Ted Lasso. Oh. And um, he he plays a, a character named Spratt, who's a very, very dry, like even dry by uh, crusty English standards. Uh, and um, Maggie Smith is making some joke at his expense. And he says, your ladyship's bull, uh, your ladyship's humor is a tonic as always. <laughs> uh, and that line, <laughs> And that incredibly cracker dry delivery gets me every single time. And, yeah. and, and it, it, it's one of those I have to rewind, rewind and watch it a couple of times because it's, the, it's just such a dry zinger and it just hits me right in the funny. There really are. There are a lot of laughs with the Dowager Countess. There are also a lot of laughs that are just nothing but camera pans to Mr. Carson. 
Oh yes. <laughs> it, they just you just it just shoots to um and it's sort of a similar thing as Sprat, where you know it's it's all of a sudden we're seeing his reaction to something mm-hmm. that absolutely mm-hmm. shocks him and it's used for comic relief. Yeah, they 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 are very the the writers and producers of that show are very generous with spreading the laughs throughout uh, a lot of the the huge ensemble cast. Everybody gets a good uh, uh, crack in every now and then. Really great show, uh, and I have had so many friends that have recommended Ted Lasso, uh, and I've heard that the writing is just incredible on that as well. So mm-hmm. you know, it's in true pandemic form that our our laughs are coming from television. So yeah. we'll give you points yeah. for that one. You guys can come back on the show anytime. You'll be more than welcome. <laughs> Uh, and tell people one more time where they can find uh, the Drunkards Walk podcast. Uh, so you can find it uh, essentially anywhere that you can find podcasts. We're on the Amazon and iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts and Google. And um, uh, I'm forgetting a thousand, the Pandora, uh, but pretty much any place that you find a podcast, you can find us. You can also, um, if you just go to uh, buzzsprout.com slash Drunkards Walk, uh, that's our official website. Um, which uh, were hosted through Buzzsprout. So that's why that's our website. Uh, you can find all the uh, the episodes there. Um, we're going to be starting a Patreon very soon as well. So uh, there'll be a little bit of information about that. But if you uh, heard this or have heard our podcast and you like it, you can go to Patreon and look us up. And um, it, within, I would say, a month or so, we should be uh, should have an opportunity for you to give us money because uh, <laughs> we, we spend money on this but we don't make any yeah. money so and so many podcasts you know. are, are listener supported so it really does yes. it really does help sure. out Absolutely. And, and you can For listen sure. to to my episode on their podcast tomorrow that will launch that's uh tuesday august what is that i don't even i don't even know what day of the week it is right now uh <laughs> it'll be the 24th the 24th, 24th. Yeah. that's 24th. correct yep. uh and and you can enjoy enjoy my uh my talking about this crazy Werner hartzog movie so thanks again mm-hmm. gentlemen for coming on the show it was great to catch up with you and and thanks for taking some time thank you Excellent. sir appreciate it thank you Well, that is all for this week. Hey, do me a favor if you can. There is no amount of advertising I can do that will be as effective as you simply telling a friend about this podcast. So if it comes up, let a friend know about my show and I will be eternally grateful. Thanks to Nick for the show topic and Jethro and Matt for being my guests. I paid a kid on Fiverr to record the following. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. Don't forget to join up on Patreon if you want to see the unedited video of the guest appearance or to hear bonus episodes. You can do that at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Also, if you learned something that you didn't already know from the show, please visit iTunes and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You gotta do it. That helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works to get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way we can keep learning something new. If the internet says it's true. The internet says it's true. would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Taylor Hurt, Tony Ford, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, Josh Van Allen, and the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Dan Leibowitz, Doug Maxwell, and Esther Abrami. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 U.S.C. Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. <laughs>